The Royals are going to need a corner outfield bat, so who is on my list? Which guys need to be replaced in the lineup? And lastly, would I pick Colin Snyder or Dylan Coleman for the 2024 bullpen? That's all coming up next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And you can always find these episodes on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. We're a little bit shy of 600 subscribers. Our goal is to get to 1,000 before opening day 2024. You can always comment to me on Twitter. We're going to try to get up and running on Instagram and TikTok by the end of the weekend. You also can shoot me questions on YouTube. Very easy to go there to the bottom of this video. And you can send some questions through there. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We're in crossover season now, so it's a very popular time, even though baseball is just wrapped up, to go to FanDuel and start making your bets today. So after this podcast, go and download the FanDuel app and create your account. we got more about them coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes or so. If this is your first ever episode ever tuning in to Lockdown Royals, of course, welcome in. We always welcome in new listeners, and we always welcome in Royals fans. And I'm just like you. I'm a Royals man, Royals fan, I guess a Royals man, you could say, myself. And I now work in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a night show on 810 WHB once a week. And then every single morning, I've got a show on ESPN Kansas City Monday through Friday. But when you click on this podcast, whether it's YouTube, if it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, just know it is 30 straight minutes of Kansas City Royals baseball. It doesn't matter if it's in the regular season, if it's in the offseason, the postseason. We are going to give you the best possible content and the only daily content you can find in regards to the Kansas City Royals. But I thought it would be good to open up today's show with some news that we saw earlier this week. I believe it was actually yesterday morning when I saw it. And it'll be trade rumors article. And they're kind of fun to follow in the offseason when it uh, gets a little bit stale, when nobody's really signed yet, no trades have been happening. Right now, we're just kind of seeing managers you know, get opportunities. We're seeing managerial firings. We're seeing new hires. Ron Washington just got hired by the Los Angeles Angels today. So he's now back in the managerial seat. But that's what we're left to right now. So Really, it's just speculation. Nobody really knows what's going on except for people in the front office, people that are very invested into those trade talks, into those free agent talks, because right now all we're left with is just guessing on where some guys are going to go to, who makes sense, which teams are going to be in play. That, that's maybe more so of what I'm trying to get at. We know what teams would be interested in Shohei Otani. We know which teams out there are going to be very interested in Cody Bellinger. But the Royals are not going to be interested in either of those guys. Just because price range-wise, it doesn't make sense. Contention-wise, where the Royals are, it doesn't make too much sense. But this is kind of a fun area 
and, and a fun position that I think the Royals are going to be aggressive in and more aggressive than what we saw last year. I feel like going back to probably 2017, every single offseason, whether it was Dayton Moore or J.J. Bacolo, there was this talk of we need to add a corner outfield bat. Very specific on that end. Had to be a corner outfield bat. Not a center fielder, not a third baseman, not a first baseman. Had to be a corner outfield bat. And I get it. That's usually where the most thunder comes from the outfield. You can find a right fielder. You can find a left fielder that really has got some pop in their bat. It makes a lot of sense to go after a player. And this offseason is no different. The Royals want to add a corner outfield bat. Now the question remains, where are they looking? How expensive are they planning to be? I mean, last year, the Royals solved, and I will put solved in air quotes here, they solved it with Fran Mill Reyes on a minor league deal because he made the opening day roster, and he was the team's starting DH, but he was a corner outfield guy. That, to me, was the Royals' problem-solving signing. They wanted a bounce-back guy and a guy that had terrorized them for a couple years while he was in Cleveland. And this year, I think there's a lot of guys that actually fall in the price range for the Royals. And they're not going to be in the running for Cody Bellinger. I just brought that up. I don't see them really making a strong play at Jorge Soler. I guess it's possible. They've got connections with him. But I do think he's going to be you know, netting another two- to three-year deal. And it might be slightly out of the price range. But one guy that I love, and this was not mentioned in the MLB Trade Rumors article, surprisingly, the MLB Trade Rumors article had one writer saying Lourdes Gurriel of the Arizona Diamondbacks was going to sign a four-year deal with the Royals. Now, that would be a lot of fun, and I would actually be all over a signing like that. I think it'd be pretty simple, too. You can start him in left field. You move MJ to right field. No harm, no foul there. Only at-bats it takes away is maybe Drew Waters. You don't need to worry about Nelson Velasquez not getting at-bats. He can DH. Or he could play right field and MJ can DH and Salvi can be behind the plate. So there's really no issue for me signing a starting left fielder, starting right fielder. But again, I think Gurriel is either going to go back to Arizona or he's going to try to get maybe even a five-year deal somewhere. He just reached age 30. So you're going to be paying a little bit more at age 34, 35. And maybe that's something the Royals don't want to do right now. Or maybe they don't project Lourdes Gurriel to be a very good offensive contributor in a lineup that still has a lot of holes. One name to me that I think does make sense. And I'm going to stand by with this. I'm going to dig my heels into the ground here and say, it's not so much of a no-brainer. It just makes a lot of sense. No-brainers is like everybody's going to agree with me, which when I tweeted this out on Twitter, follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJanderscore15, I got some pushback on it because of his age. But I really do think the Royals should try to make a play for Michael Brantley. Here's the thing. The Royals had their evaluation year, and they saw which young guys could perform and which guys could not. The point of the evaluation year is to assess where the holes in your lineup are and how you can get better there. You can't tell me with confidence with what the Royals outfield group showed that you need another run of that. You need another chance for some of these guys to get every day at bats. You should know by now the type of player they are and what they could become. You know, I'm I'm a believer in potential, but I'm in a I'm a believer in potential only for like a year or two. No, I'm not going to sit around in year three, year four of a player and go, oh, his ceiling's pretty high. We saw that with Alberto Montesi for years. He never got to that ceiling. And I think Drew Waters has a high ceiling. 
I don't know if he can ever get there because he hasn't shown it in the, I know he's been banged up in, in both the years he's been in Kansas City, but we're entering year three of him in a Royals uniform. I know it was a very short stint when he first came over in that trade to Atlanta, but you can get a pretty good idea of what a player can be. And I think for opening day, it's all right for the Royals to go a little bit older with their lineup. You know, 2023, people were upset because they lost all the time. Well, yeah, because they didn't have a lot of big league ball players. Michael Brantley, his biggest knock, because he can't stay healthy right now, and he's 36, so maybe two things going against him. But it just feels a lot like Carlos Santana back in 2020. Now, I know Royals fans are going to comment here and say, well, that turned out to be terrible. Well, I like the idea of the signing. The Royals knew what Carlos Santana did to them all those years in Cleveland. He was going to be cheaper because of the season he turned in in 2020. That shortened season, it was a career-low year for him. So the Royals knew he'd be in the price range. They gave him a two-year deal. And I still stand by that move because it was a move the Royals usually don't make. They wanted the big-time OBP guy that could man first base. Michael Brantley has played less than 80 games in two years, but he got back late in the season following that shoulder surgery with the torn labrum to play for the Astros in the postseason. And his market value right now per SPO tracks a little under $10 million. That is absolutely doable for a starting left fielder. And I think he's somebody that can help this lineup out a little bit. Now, I don't think you're going to get the all-star version of Michael Brantley we saw two years ago. Uh, maybe if he's healthy, he can get somewhat close to that. But he's always been a very professional, very mature hitter, a high OBP guy. And I don't think that he's really regressed with age when he's actually out there injuries have been the problem when he's out there and he's playing he's still contributing and that's why I think Michael Brantley is somebody I would really like the Royals to go and take a look at it's not to block everybody out there it's not to block MJ it's not to you know be the move to replace Edward Olivares he's just a guy I think is more consistent and can help some of the younger bats at the top of the lineup so he to me is cheap affordable and you have a lot of experience, a lot of history with him over in Cleveland. The Royals did with Framil Reyes and Carlos Santana. Kind of feels like the stars are aligning a little bit since they need a corner outfield bat. But of course, Lourdes Gurriel would be quite the signing. That would be a fun one. I'm not going to close the door on Jorge Soler. I just don't know if the Royals are really going to be in the running with those other teams. They've got history, though, and I think he really helped that lineup. But I do think when you sign Jorge Soler, the reason I'm kind of bullish on it is that he's not a great defender. And if he's going to DH, that then forces Nelson Velasquez to play the outfield, who is also not a very good defender. So that's kind of why I'm I'm not completely slamming the door because they've got their history. I just don't think it's as likely. And they can also, you know, make a cheap play on Hunter Renfro. Don't believe he's been signed just yet. Aaron Hicks is another name that I think would be kind of fun to entertain because of the year he had in Baltimore. Those four to five names, I think, can kind of be in that wheelhouse for the Royals. If they really want to spend big money, yeah, Lourdes Gurriel is a good option. But they're going to be out, of course, on a Cody Bellinger. They're not going to be making plays on that. Kevin Kiermeyer, he's not really a corner outfielder. You could move him to right field and get good defense there. So maybe I'll throw the name in there. But to me, I think Michael Brantley would be a good fit here. And if he hits really well, flip him at the deadline. You could get some return and not to pay so much for him to be here for one or two years. Maybe you give him a two-year deal. Uh, a two-year, $17.5, $18 million deal, I'm not really going to balk at that. I'm not going to you know, scowl at that. I think that's a pretty affordable deal for a guy that, if healthy, can be valuable to this lineup. All right, the next thing we're going to dive into is a little bit more about this roster construction. Which guys need to be replaced in this lineup? 
Who has a locked spot? Who does not? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to today's title sponsor in FanDuel. I am pumped for crossover season right now. I know this is a baseball podcast. I know the World Series just wrapped up, but it doesn't mean that you have to stop betting on sports. Probably right now is the the best time to go and bet on sports when you've got college basketball in full swing, you've got college football in full swing, NBA, uh, you got women's college sports in full swing. There's a lot going on here, and NHL as well. There are a lot of sports to bet on here, and so what you need to do after this episode is go and download FanDuel and create your account because you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. You know, this is going to be a reoccurring segment, I think, the closer we get to January. Because honestly, in about a month or so, the Royals' entire 40-man roster could look a lot different. There's going to be non-tender candidates. There's going to be the Rule 5 draft. There's going to be guys that are just simply taken off the 40-man, designated for assignment. There's going to be free agent signings. There's going to be trades. And there's going to be more pieces that get locked into this group. So that's why I think it's a, a reoccurring segment, because today I'm going to tell you which guys are going to need to be replaced by the beginning of 2024, but they may be replaced by the next time we do a segment like this, uh, because the winter meetings are going to be a big time, you know, milestone, if you will. That's maybe not even the right term to use. Just bookmark it on your baseball off-season schedule. The winter meetings is going to tell us a lot about this roster. It's when things really start to heat up. It'll be around the Rule 5 draft, the, the draft lottery. We're going to know where the Royals are selecting in 2024. There, there's a lot of moving parts here. But again, what the Royals roster looks like today is not going to look at all what it looks like in two months. And, and that's why I think it's going to be ongoing because there's going to be more guys I think need to be replaced. We'll probably have a segment about this in spring training because guys are going to maybe underperform, but you still want to believe in them by stocking them. There's going to be guys that really play well, but you're not really that high on it. It's going to be a segment that pops up a lot is what I'm trying to get at here. But I do have a couple of guys here that do need to be replaced. If you listen to our podcast episode yesterday, we brought up the 80 to 85 win threshold. And I'm going to continue to do that. And I said yesterday, I'm going to continue to bring up the 80 to 85 win threshold because it's going to really tell us about J.J. Bacole in this front office. How do you find 24, 25 more wins? How do you contend for the first time in six years, seven years? It'll be seven years this coming September, I guess next September, for the Royals to compete in that month. The Royals have not competed in six years past the all-star break, really. I mean, they had a couple of months of contention 
and 2021 when they traded for Andrew Benintendi, Carlos Santana. I, I see an offseason kind of like that where they're more transactional, more aggressive. But if they're going to do that, if they're going to add these pieces, like we said in the first segment, adding a Michael Brantley, some guys need to be the odd man out. And I think number one on the list here, and I'm mainly going to go with lineup guys. I'm going to go with, with position players. I'm not going to pick pitchers because I think we all know who needs to be weeded out, out of the bullpen and out of the starting rotation. For the lineup itself, I think you have to be very definitive on who you want and who you believe in. Now, I am somebody that believes in Michael Massey. So if I believe in Michael Massey, that means the infield's set for me. I'm fine with Garcia, Bobby Wood Jr., Michael Massey, Vinny Pasquantino at or in that entire infield right there. I'm fine with Salvador Perez behind the plate. If you want to move him, Freddie Fermin steps up right there. So that, to me, is the infield. I'm not really concerned about the infield. The outfield is where I think the Royals need to be more cutthroat. I think MJ Melendez has a spot here. And there are four guys that I believe need to get every day at bats. That You do not bench them unless they absolutely need that off day. And that's MJ, that's Bobby Wood Jr., that's Michael Garcia, and that is Vinny Pasquantino. Those are the four guys for me. Everybody else can kind of be a mix and match. But I do think if the Royals want to get to that 80-85 win mark, a lot of it's going to come down to adding the pitching. Going to be building a rotation, going to be building a bullpen, but you still need offensive help. I know that I was a little bit higher on Kyle Isbell at the tail end of the year, but I still think if the Royals want to get to where they're wanting to get, oh, it's kind of a weird thing to say, they're going to need to replace Kyle Isbell. And I think you also need to replace a Drew Waters because two of those guys I think can still be on the roster. I think they can be four out, fourth outfielders. I mean, like I said, if you sign Michael Brantley, he's 36 years old. He's going to be 37 in May or something like 37 in May or, or June. So you're going to need a guy that can go out there and play really good defense in the outfield. But as a starter, I'm just not sure I'm there anymore. Not with Kyle Isbell, not with Drew Waters. Maybe that sounds too cutthroat, but I feel like for a lot of the listeners that tune into this show, you want to see a cutthroat approach. You don't want to see the same guys that are failing or not playing well or not hitting at the plate get run out there over and over and over again. There are guys that deserve that, and there's guys that really don't at this point. Now, the market for a center fielder is not really high. So I don't think that the Royals are going to make a move, but he is somebody that I think needs to be replaced if you want to get to that 80 to 85 win mark. Could be a really good fourth outfielder, and I think he can be better offensively when not thrown out there five to six to seven days a week. That's just kind of where I'm at with both those guys and Kyle Isbell and Drew Waters. Edward Olivares, I do have to throw him in this in this uh, pile of players, in this list of players, just because I don't see where he's going to fit in. I don't know where you can play him because he's a defensive liability. He can hit, but there's just, it's not a consistent level of hitting. And I think there's so many liabilities to him as a player that doesn't involve having a hand at his bat. Base running's not good. His arm's not the best. His route running's not the best. And that's where I think you can get some value out of him and add a pitcher or add a bullpen arm by flipping him or trading him here in the next couple of weeks or so. So those three, I mean, they're all going to be outfielders here. And that's why I think uh, those guys just kind of feel like they don't really have a spot. Kyle Isbell is probably the safest of those bunch of that bunch because of how good he is defensively in center field. But I think those three guys probably need to be replaced. Um, I think you're looking at, let's see here. I mean, Nick Prado is in a tough spot because Nick Prado should be at this point. He should be in your lineup. I mean, he was a first round pick. 
two years ago. You felt like you were pretty high on him. Like he has to fit in somewhere. I don't know where though. Vinny Pasquantino is this team's first baseman. And see, the problem is if you go, well, I want Vinny the DH and I want Prado to play first base. I don't think the defensive value is going to be as good as you think it is. And that means Nelson Velasquez can't play. And I think a lot of us are higher on Nelson Velasquez at this point, maybe because the way he closed 2023, than we are Nick Prado. No, Dyron Blanco, I think, probably needs to be in consideration because of his age. But again, he's also somebody I think is kind of comparable to Gerard Dyson type. Good defensively, great base runner, and has a little bit of pop. So maybe I wouldn't throw him into that conversation. But for the rest, they just all kind of feel like they're stuck in purgatory. I don't know where they get every day at bats. I don't know if they're really valuable coming off the bench. There are bench guys in Major League Baseball. I'm not sure every single one of them is. Like, I don't think Nick Prado is a very valuable bench guy. You want him out there every day, but where does he play? All things the Royals are going to have to consider coming up in the next couple weeks and over the next couple months before we get to spring training at Surprise Arizona in February. All right, the last thing I want to dive into is back to this bullpen. Two guys are working at Tread Athletics in the bullpen. I guess you can throw a third name in now that I found out John Heasley is. But it's Dylan Coleman and Colin Snyder. It kind of feels like one of these guys could get non-tendered. Both these guys had struggles in 2023, but I do think there is some upside there. But if I had to pick, which guy am I going with? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. And you can find all these podcasting episodes on wherever you get your podcast: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and you can catch us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. If you've already subscribed, send it to somebody who has it. We want to build this thing up to be as big as possible before opening day 2024. I got asked this on Twitter. And again, if you're just now tuning in or you didn't watch yesterday's podcast, what I did on Sunday, and then I'm going to be doing that moving forward to get more segment ideas to incorporate you, the listener, you, the follower, is asking, you know, what do we want to talk about? What are some things that we want to go over? And I'm always going to be sure to hit on them during that week. And if there's some overflow, I'll either answer them in the Mailbag Friday segment or I'll answer them in the following episodes the next week or the week after that because we do have a lot of overflow this week. Not sure we'll be able to get to every single one of them in a segment, but I will try to answer them on Twitter with the Mailbag Friday segment. But I did get asked this, and it was in regards to the bullpen and bullpen arms that are going to be in consideration going into spring training. And that's Colin Snyder and Dylan Coleman. Now, I have expressed that Colin Snyder is one of my guys to watch in the offseason. Now, the Royals have, I believe, four guys working at Tread Athletics where Cole Reagans worked out last year. You know what that did for Cole Reagans, the velocity uptick, uh, the pure stuff, adding different pitches. He became a superstar in Kansas City. And now the Royals have more and more guys, as the word got out, going to Tread Athletics. And that is Reagans. That is Dylan Coleman, Colin Snyder, John Heasley, just to repeat that. Colin Snyder has always intrigued me. When he first debuted in 2022, I thought this is one of those guys that makes your pitching department look really good. Your scouting department look really good because at the end of the day, you have a guy that has a power sinker. And when you have a guy with a power sinker out of the bullpen, velocity anywhere from 95 to 97 to 98, that's so hard to hit. If you have a 92, 93 mile an hour sinker, you can locate well enough. That's like hitting a bowling ball. They always said that with Brad Keller's sinker. 
It's like hitting a bowling ball, or I guess sinker ballers in general. When you have a firm sinker, good spin rate, it's hard to hit. And Colin Snyder had the velocity to really be an unhittable guy out of the bullpen. I mean, a freak almost. And last year, he tried to, I guess, make a comeback. We'll call it making it a comeback. Middle of the season, want to say it was in mid-July. He had the game where he walked the bases loaded on like 12 straight pitches. It was ugly. I mean, I, I had almost punt on Colin Snyder. I almost punted on what he could be in the bullpen. I mean, I just thought, you know, move on. His numbers in Omaha aren't very good. His numbers when he comes up here aren't very good. He didn't finish his rookie year very good. And he also was an aged prospect. He wasn't some 21, 22-year-old that I wanted to give more innings to. But then as the season came to a close, he was being utilized in more and more high-leverage spots. The results still weren't there completely. He still struggles with throwing strikes. A command is a big thing for him. But the swing and miss was starting to come back a little bit. The velocity was coming back a little bit. And now working with Tread Athletics, I'm going, man, if he does find out how to locate better again and the velocity comes back the way it did for Cole Reagans, he is somebody I absolutely want in the bullpen. Because he's somebody, I, I think that if you let him go, if he gets picked up by a Tampa, he gets picked up by a Cleveland, he gets picked up by the Dodgers or Philly, one of those top organizations that can be analytically inclined are the Giants. He's going to look elite. He's going to look unhittable. Kind of Jorge Lopez-ish when the Royals DFA'd him and Baltimore turned him around. I mean, those are the type of things that I fear with these bullpen arms because the pure stuff, you have to be able to work with stuff like that. And that's why I'm just not ready to get rid of Colin Snyder. He could be non-tendered. Maybe he clears waivers. I doubt he does. If he does get non-tendered, I think somebody's going to pick him up because they're going to see him working in the offseason at tread, getting that velocity back, the spin rate pretty good, and they're going to stash him in the bullpen, stash him in AAA, and at some point next year, he's going to thrive for somebody else. Then you have Dylan Coleman, who kind of in the same park. He, he is in the same ballpark as Colin Snyder, no pun intended, for this baseball terminology. But Dylan Coleman lost all of his velocity last year. Nobody knew where it went. He basically became a, a slider type of pitcher, slider first, slur first, abandon the fastball at times because it only was sitting about 91, 92, 93 when in 2022 we saw it triple digits. We saw the, the 98, 99, 100-mile-an-hour fastball paired with a power, power 12-6 curveball. And he had this, this slider that he could work in as well, and, and that to me was showing signs that he could be the setup guy this coming year. But what Carlos Hernandez really became, I know the second half Carlos Hernandez wasn't good at all, but the first half Carlos Hernandez is what I thought Dylan Coleman could be. And the velocity and the accuracy, the command, all just blew away in the wind. Nobody knew where it went. But he's back at Tread Athletics, and he's doing the same thing Colin Snyder is. So it's a great question posed to me by a follower because these are two guys I want to see what they could become. The harsh reality is one of them is likely going to be the odd man out because the Royals do need to overhaul their bullpen here. They need to go after guys in free agency to piece together a bullpen that's a lot better than it was last year. The Royals had all of last year and 2023 to evaluate guys in the bullpen. And if they weren't good enough, you have to move on the following year. Bullpen is the biggest part of this team that is going to show a difference. If this bullpen 
can be top 15 in baseball, top 10 American League, you are going to see a team incredibly different. You are just going to see a team that is night and day different. Because when you close down games late, it's going to make all those tight games that slip away just vanish, just evaporate. And one of these guys, I think, is going to be a part of the bullpen. My gut tells me Colin Snyder is the one I'm rolling with. Because even with Dylan Coleman's velocity, it doesn't have a very good spin rate. Or at least it didn't last year. Like it's a, it's a very firm fastball, doesn't have much movement. And you have guys that throw hard with not much movement. I thought Carlos Hernandez at time, his fastball was too straight. When he throw 100 miles an hour, sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. But Colin Snyder, to me, has more of an upside here because it's the sinker and it's the slider, and he's working on a cutter. That, to me, I am more inclined to see than what Dylan Coleman could be. Now, maybe you can non-tender Dylan Coleman. He clears waivers. You can stash him away. And he really starts to build it back up. And maybe in spring training, he takes a spot back. Who knows what can happen? But it's good they're just going to tread athletics to begin with. And tip my cap to John Heasley. He's not really on my radar, but now he's kind of crept into conversations because I want to see what tread athletics can do with him. Because if they could do what they did to Cole Reagans, I feel like they can work with some of these guys and make their ceiling, make their future projections just a little bit better. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. We'll be sure to get it up and running on Instagram and TikTok by the end of the weekend. But until tomorrow's episode, you take it easy, Kansas City.